G'day, Bone Daddies. It's AOS Coach, and I am talking Ossiak Bone Reapers. I have a special guest, the uh, the Mortark of, I don't know, what are you, the Mortark of America? A Mortark of OG. Northeast, I guess I would say. Mortark of the the East Coast. I'm, I'm butchering my words. I'm here with Ross McCune, and we have a power hour. I've been told that that the household has actually Nagash has told him he can only do an hour. So we'll see if we can push him a little longer. But we're talking Osiak Bone Reapers. You got a brand new book a couple of weeks ago. Um, it is pre-FAQ, folks. So anything we say here may be changed. And let's be honest, when I look at the Osiak Bone Reapers book, there is a bunch of things that is either maybe going to change or points may adjust. So take it with a grain of salt that if we talk a lot about, I don't know, a mortis guard and talk about how amazing they are and they get changed, keep it in context here. We're doing the best we can pre-Arata and FAQ. But before right. we get into the show, Ross, g'day, welcome, introduce yourself. And I hear you've been playing this since like day one. You have been a part of Nagash's uh, elite for some time. Yes, sir. Hi, everybody. I'm Ross. Nice to meet y'all. Uh, I've been playing OBR since they released. Um, they have been my main army for the entire time, and uh, I love them. They're I've tried playing a couple other things, and they just they don't they don't hit me the same as OBR does. Um, I like the book. I like it. There are some things I feel uh, could be changed for the better. Um, there's definitely stuff that needs to be addressed in an FAQ. Uh, I'm also waiting for, but overall, I think we're in a good spot. So, um, trying to think here. How about I ask a couple of questions first? Let, let's imagine that I have walked into my games workshop or my local store and I see this Catacross Special K looking at me, and I pick up the books for the first time. Describe to me what type of army I'm getting into, and then I'll ask you what the difference is between the last book and the, and the current book. So, start me off. Give me give me a feel of like uh, are they a traditional death army? What are they good at? So they're kind of a traditional death army in the sense that you're going to be bringing models back to the army a lot. You want to focus on the healing of it. Um, you are you have a lot of flexible spell casting in it. Um, you have two really beautiful centerpiece models in Catacross and Arkin. Um, our terrain piece is fantastic. Uh, it's, I think, the biggest terrain piece in the game, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty big. It, it's a big footprint. Um, yeah. The abilities are, they're all right. They're not as good as they used to be, but they're all right. And they can definitely be um, useful in the right context. Uh, but you're getting into an army overall that is, it's fun to play um, if you like to, if you like strategy, if you like playing an army that plays like an army, you'll like OBR. It's very much run regiments, run them together, make everything work in a combined arms. Yeah, like when I when I think of this army, and if you are new to OBR, imagine like a Roman legion. Imagine like the Greek three hundred, right? You operate not independently, but your strength is better unified, and you will see heroes issuing commands, and more than just the traditional commands. Well, we will get into the rules very very soon, but you are not a very shooty army. You do have some shooting support, 
but not necessarily you don't have a uh, a lot of shooting in your army it's very much about elite durability uh less hordes like you're not going to run the 60 zombies or you're not going to run lots of like crappy crappy single or double wound uh units you are running elite guard elite bodies that uh can pack a punch so they're a great army they're a fun army it's not my cup of tea but certainly i know a lot of people who are an absolute fan of it which then gets me what's changed what have you noticed since the last book to the current book? Not the micro changes. We will get into those, but like, is it still the same army? It is still the same army in the sense that it still very much plays like a Roman legion. It's still um, very much on your sub commanders issuing commands to your units um, and issuing the right commands at the right time. Since we've gone to the CP system, um, we now have to worry about things that make us cost extra points and stuff like that. We can get into more of that later. The overall core of the army, though, remains the same. And if you are a longtime player of OBR, you'll love it. If you're new to it, it's easier to pick up than the old book was, for sure. Um, I would say that everything in the army, when you when you when you run it, needs have a purpose you're not running an extra unit for no reason they need to be doing something and actively contributing um and especially at 2000 points you need to have unit count is very important um our old way of doing points is out uh now it's on how many units we have and as a safe bet you want at least eight units in an army you want some cushion so if you lose something you have you're still getting your extra points because we live and die on our cp and our commands just to rudely interrupt just in case someone hasn't quite got to their battle tome yet or hasn't watched my review um what ross is talking about is um if you played the old osiarch bone reapers you would get relentless discipline points which would be generated off a bunch of heroes and things right like it was a, it was a system that is no longer around now you get additional command points based off the amount of units on the table. So I think the what was it three, five, and seven were the qualifiers, if I remember correctly. We'll we'll bring it yep. up on the screen, but that's it. Basically, three, five, seven. so the more units you have, the more command points you're going to get. So um, when Ross talks about unit count, it means how many units are on the table, so you can get max command points. Um, also, the effects are cumulative. If anybody hasn't seen it yet, so you want those to keep those high. The high command points going because we need them badly <laughs> were there at a very high level and i will bring up the rules i swear though it's coming very soon but at a very high level has anything had a glow up or a glow down between books you know we we've gone through cycles right you remember this better than i do initially it was all about petrofix elite and the mortec guard then, you know, that kind of changed a little bit and we then started to see the rise of like the Necropolis Stalkers and the Immortus Guard. There was a time where the Death Ponies kind of had their little you know, time, in, time in the game, but you've kind of gone through waves. Coach, 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 you, you're muted. I can't hear you. Yeah. Your sound, your sound just went out. I just came back in. I lost you for a second. I had, I, yeah, I had no sound. 
Oh, I could, uh, well, assuming the people didn't hear me, I'll repeat myself. Has it, ha, from a unit point of view, have units gone up, gone down in the way you play, whether it is your uh, Mortec Guard, your uh, Mortis Guard, or your Stalkers? Um, are, 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 the, are the units, uh, is there a particular unit that's glowed up, glowed up or glowed down? Um, I would say Immortus have definitely glowed up. Now, like you said, this is, this is pre-FAQ and... I'm kind of expecting a point adjustment too. Um, but definitely from the first book to this book, uh, they're no longer just wound batteries. Now they are actually an offensive force to be reckoned with. Um, the other thing I would say got to glow up is our catapult. Our catapult is, it's not great shooting. It's a utility shooting piece. It's meant to make something strike last or to try to snipe out a hero or something something to that effect. You're not... I kind of, in my opinion, want to say the middle profile on it's a bit of a waste compared to the other two in times, but we can get deeper into that later if you want. I, I just... It's definitely a utility piece you want to use to give your army the edge over somebody's kill unit now yeah. instead of trying to wipe something out by itself. If you're going to try, there's a specific battle tactic that you can take for it. Um, unless they've only got like one model left on a cheap unit, if you want to run two to try to get that, it's it's kind of rough to get. <laughs> without swinging It, it felt like, to yeah, it felt like to me the catapult is going in, shooting at something that you're about to go into combat with. So you can like debuff it, make it worse than it is. Then you kind of maximize again, whether it's a more tech guard, whatever it is you build. But knowing that we're on a stiff timeline, I'm going to bring up the rules and let's get into this and just go, right, what do we think? What do we like? Um, how do you think about these rules? And we'll pause on the uh, the the legions, ignore them because um, we'll get to them in greater detail when it comes up. But talk to me about the the ranks brokered by descent. Is this uh, something that's important to you when you look at? I mean, for me, like what you're mostly bravery ten, right? Like not a, not a lot of things are going to be affected by battle shock, even if you didn't have this rule. Yeah, correct. Um, it's nice. It's nice not having a phase that we have to worry about. Uh, I completely agree with that. But the only units that would really be impacted by, I would think, in our army would be Mortec. Other than that, you're not running enough models and anything else that Battleshock's going to be an issue. Um, yeah. So it's really for if you're running or 20 or 30 blocks of Mortec and we're paying a premium for ability that's only useful for one unit out of our army. It It's all right. Uh, you know, but I would, I could not have it and the army would function just fine, in my opinion. Basically, if you're new to the faction, it means that you don't need to keep a command point up your sleeve for a Battleshock test if you happen to be running the Mortec Guard. But otherwise, this is like, it's a cool to have, but it's not really a big thing for me. In in my opinion there, Coach, I, I would have liked to have seen it changed to make us immune to things that interrupt commandability usage. I feel that would have been more themey to what our army is supposed to do and does as far as lore goes and such. Um, and it would justify the points that we spend for the ability across all of our units. 
Yeah, if you got that, I'm pretty sure like people hate the Lumineth Catholic <laughs> now. Yeah. Like they they hate that one unit. Well, they hate multiple <laughs> Lumineth units. They they would just hate you as a person, I think, if you that. <laughs> Facts. You're not lying. I'll tell you that. It's true. Like, it's true. Your Deathless Legions is another one, or sorry, Deathless Warriors. Uh, your six-up ward save, that hasn't changed either. You've got a six-plus ward, which is nice. The only thing that's changed about it is that we don't have to be in range of a hero or a leader unit anymore. It's just there now. So it's it's nice. Uh, it, it's not, it's not. It's Everybody has it in death. Yeah, I guess it means that you don't have to be thinking about every unit having a support hero now. So if you happen to be running, let's say, your five, you know, um, murder ponies, your cap, death, what are they called now? I've called it death, death, death ponies so often. Death riders. Death riders, thank you. I call them murder ponies so much, I actually forgot their name. But, like, you don't have to have, like, a Liege Cavalos following around just trying to chase up with those ponies uh, to keep the deathless safe. You've got it now, which is great. Uh, which kind of then leads into the Natterite weapons as well, where um, basically exploding sixes, if you roll a six to hit, you get two hits. Uh, you still got to make your wound and your save roll. Um, do you build, like when you look at this rule, Ross, maybe this is the one I want to hear from. Do you build around units that have like the most amount of attacks in order to spike the six to hit? Do you look for things that will pair off the back of the extra attacks? Like how do you look at Natterite weapons? So I love the fact that it's across the whole army now. No matter what melee weapon you use, you're going to get an Adrite weapon. That's fantastic. Much better change from the old way that they did it. Um, as it stands now, you're looking, if you're looking to maximize it, you're running it in on Mortech. That's, that's going to be your, your biggest generator of it in our army. But really, you want quality off of it. So like my go-to is either a six-unit uh, Immortus or six-man unit of Stalkers pop and power Nadrite on them, so now it's on fives, and you've got quality attacks going through that you're getting additional hits and making wound rolls. Um, I had hoped previously that they would change this to generate mortal wounds, but I can understand why that would be broken and why we don't have it. Uh, it makes a lot of sense. So this is a nice compromise on that, I feel. Uh, the spell giving us the ability to do it on fives is much appreciated. Um, I'm glad we kept that. And you're... So if you're, let's say you're running a two-man unit of, of more gas, right? You're not going to rely on those sixes exploding. It's nice. That's a great addition at neg two, three damage on those halberds. But you're not, on, on six dice, you're not going to rely on rolling five sixes. It's just not... It'll happen once in a while, sure, but you can't rely on it. Um, no, no, have it, have it in the back of your mind that the potential damage output might be an extra dice. But are you going to go in thinking and getting an industrial amount of attacks from, yeah, your Morgas? No, no, not, not at all. And I, and, I, and I wouldn't reinforce a unit of Morgas specifically for that reason either. I wouldn't reinforce a unit of Morgas for any reason. To be fair, I'm going to be honest, mate. I, when I saw that the Morgas Harbringers lost their 3d6 charge, my um, I, I got a little bit sad. I got really sad. That was that was a rule that I used to love. Um, I know a couple of people would use that as like a be able to jump over screens and then get into like that juicy center. But as soon as I saw that rule lost, I'm like, oh, yeah, 100% agree with you. It was like, well, that sucks. I'm I'm not taking 
I'm not taking the other ones, the, the Akai, for a five-up board. It's not worth it. The 3D6 was where it was at. <laughs> yeah, the 3D6 was awesome. Um, okay, but anyway, so Netherite Weapons, nice. Uh, volume of attacks is great. The way you're thinking about it, and we will show the spell lore and, uh, like we always do. So um, Ross mentioned earlier being able to be able to modify this, whether it is bringing this down to a 5+. plus. Uh, and there are other ways you can interact with your attack profile, like extra rend. So um, things like your your Mortis Guard, things like your Mortec Guard, your Necro your Stalkers, your Necropolis Stalkers, um, kind of fit in that good category for this. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, also, if you got to charge Arkin into something, he hits on four. So any sixes you roll are additional hits on his on his sword and staff and his uh, spirits. There, not on the mount attacks, obviously. Uh, Catacross, another great one. Uh, he procs all this his stuff on sixes, so uh, you get him into a hero, and he will do some work. Speaking of work, you're now getting a whole bunch of extra command points. So we mentioned earlier, Relentless Discipline as a mechanic from the old book is gone. Um, great, in my opinion. It means you can play with Rally and Redeploy and all that attack and all that defense, and there are some extra OCR commands that we'll show in on the next slide. But Ross, you mentioned earlier that um, you, the way you look at your list is amount of units. So you can see that you get an extra command point when you have three, when you have five, when you have seven. So if you happen to have seven units on the battlefield, you would get three additional command points in addition to obviously going first, going second, Coach, blah, blah, blah. Coach, you have the relentless discipline is wrong. You get one for three, you get two for five, and you get three for having seven. So you actually you start with nine. You go second. You get six for having the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it says the, the points are accumulative. You have one extra. Yeah, so you get. Yeah, oh so no, no, no. I, I mean the. I mean the. You receive one. Those the numbers are wrong. It says one, one, one. It's supposed to say one, uh, two, three. So right, it doesn't I'll bring up the book. Keep keep going. Keep going. You get a whole bunch of command points. You get a whole bunch of extra command points. Uh, you need them to start... You need them to do everything in our army. Uh, they are the most important thing uh, that we get. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're 100% right. I'm sorry. I just didn't want people to have... To, to have uh, to get see it and be like, oh, this is... Oh, my what, God. This, what the book says. Cool. So so, it, so, so it's one, 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 yeah, the book, so the book says you get one, you get two and you get three. So you get a whole bunch of extra command points. That's a lot. I can't believe I didn't get that up. You get a lot. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, you get eight for going first, you get nine for going second. That's huge. Um, the thing is people are going to be used to playing with our old points and how many, how we, how we generated them. And a lot of the times you would spend a point for plus three movement on everything because you had so many. And now you have to be much more careful with where you use that movement at so that you can get through a second turn or um, have points left over in a second fight phase to do all of your abilities. It's, it's no longer free range to spend it willy-nilly. Are there... Um... Are there any particular, and we'll get into the Ossiak ones in a second, but now that you've got access to all that def attack, all that defense, you know, rally, redeploy, are there ones that you like more than others from the universals? Uh, yeah, I have been enjoying redeploy. Um, it pairs nicely with uh, one of our new command traits uh, that we'll talk about here shortly. Um, 
it has actually saved my bacon a couple of times, not going to lie. Uh, redeploy and then uh, Overwatch, now that we finally get to use it. Our, well, our version of Overwatch, uh, Unleash Hell. Unleash Hell. Um, shooting a 15-man uh, chosen unit that charged at me and making them strikes last was pretty nice. Who are you unleashing hell with? Is it the catapults? Catapult. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. If uh so it's min min range six, but if the whole unit doesn't end wholly within six, you can still overwatch at them. Mm. Yeah. Not too bad, not too bad at all. Let's get off that screen because it's showing my my horrible error. Uh, I can't believe I can't believe I didn't pick that one up. Jeez. I'm sorry, coach. I didn't have to me call you like that. Jeez. No, no, it's my mistake. It's all right. Even a broken watch is correct twice a day. That's what this stream's all about. Um, but you do have a whole bunch of extra commands. Uh, oh, yeah. You, like, and I'm not going to read these out. Basically, um, only Ossiak Bone Reapers can use these. You can issue them. Um, they have, like, basically, you can issue them more than once. You can yep. uh, issue these commands, which is great. It means if you want to have multiple, I don't know, Counter-Strikes, you could. But there's a whole lot here. And for me, when I look at this, my heart sinks a little bit because as a new player, I'm like, now I'm probably overwhelmed with choices. So as a new player, as a new player, as an experienced player, you're thinking, yes, I've got all these great resources and tools at my disposal that I can really respond to the game as it kind of unfolds. Mm -hmm. How do you as an experienced player look at these commands? Are there ones that you think uh, you're using more than others um, and ones where you're always going to use your relentless discipline? Like give me the, help me as a new player. Oh, okay. All right. So as a new player, uh, you're always going to want to use you're you're going to want to save some points to use bludgeon in your combat phase. It's it's a bread and butter. Plus one rend is always good. Doesn't matter what you're fighting, uh, unless they have no save zombies. I mean, you're 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 looking for a plus one rend. Um, <sighs> Counter strike Counter strike is amazing, especially for more tech. We're on four ups to wound. Whole <laughs> oh, it, it, it's our our um, Great equalizer, I like to call it, for the amount of dice that we generate. Uh, have being on threes can catch somebody off, really off guards, uh, with how many wounds that you will put out using that. Uh, the fact that you can use it in the charge phase so that you can still use an ability in the combat phase was a nice design by GW. I, I really like it. Um, the, the reform ranks is a very situational useful, but very useful. If you can learn to retreat properly, uh, it can totally remake a game for you. Uh, I've used it to redeploy, or basically get a unit of Immortus out of there and take out all of the heroes in one go. It is very powerful and something that new players need to practice using correctly. Uh, yeah, a lot of a, a lot of players uh, refuse to use uh, re retreat. They like to try to fight themselves out of combat. Um, and obviously, just to call this one out, it might be obvious to some people, but you know things like your death riders. Um, great example where you retreat and charge, and you go back into unstoppable charge where you do mortal wounds on the charge. So. 
just co that constant cycle of, of mortals. Unfortunately, you don't trigger extra Natarite weapons like you used to on the charge. They used to give you an extra on the fives, but um, again, being able to cycle and do some extra, um, and you also can do a three-inch pile-in, so it just makes them a crazy uh, combat unit if used effectively. Mm -hmm. I 100% agree with that. Um, the other one important for new players is the plus one ward. Uh, impenetrable ranks. They have to be picked as the target of an attack. So you cannot use it if you're getting hit with a spell or an ability. I, um, I've, I've seen that brought up a couple of times in some groups. And um, learning where you can use it and when to use it is very important. And learning where it trades better than either plus one save or if in the case of Mortech, making them just ethereal. I was about to call that out, is that this will compete with, um, this is going to compete with Shield Wall. So you can't go four up unrendable, then a five up ward. It's one or the other. Yes, correct. And in most cases where I've run the math, you're going to take ethereal. It, it's almost always the better choice to save that, plus, that five plus ward for somebody who gets unexpectedly hit hard. Um, construct. If you're running lots of Mortec and you find them not in combat, um, and they're taking wounds, you're going to use it. A lot of the times, though, I I very rarely use it myself. Um, it's nice. I know it's there if I need it on a hero or something like that. If I have the extra points, but for the most part, um, I don't use it much. Uh, unstoppable advance though for plus three movement. Uh, with the way stalkers work now, since they got their rule change, um, it's important to learn when plus three move or just giving them a flat six run is more important. Mm. Mm. And then, so no, what I'm hearing is there 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 is a bunch of good ones and there's some that are going to be situational and I, I guess it depends on am I building around more tech guard am I building around death riders am I building around you know elite you know stalkers and guard I guess it, it depends but there's something here for everyone and you're going to have so many command points that uh, it's about thinking about what you want to achieve with what tools at the right time and not burning through them but also not. I know as a Gits player back in the day where I had used to have an industrial amount of CP, it's it's this fine balance of I don't want to hoard them because I'll lose them, but I also don't want to burn them and then I don't have nothing when I need them. So you got to find the balance. Oh yeah, I've I've ran out of them twice now and it hurt, and I was like yeah. I shouldn't have used it here, I shouldn't have used it here. So it's it's going to take a little practice now, but it, once you get used to it, it's um, pretty pretty intuitive and it becomes much easier yeah it, ta it take it takes time um given like what's your like without reading them all i assume everyone's read them but what's your favorite command traits uh and given that re regardless of your build um the Ossiak bone reapers have one table of command traits do you have one that stands out to you or maybe two that stand out to you and why or even even who who is good to be issued this is the general I have two that stand out to me, but you're missing one of them. Uh, yeah, I know, I know, I know. This is just that, like potato. This is that's the one that one you're missing though is my favorite. It's the one I take all the time. The minus three charge, um, uh, diversionary tactics, fantastic. Yeah. It is 
it's between that and I like show of superiority when I take Catacross because his ability to deny command points and then making people have to spend two is awesome. Um, going going from that though, uh, Dark Acolyte. If you find yourself that you have spells, there's one spell that you have to get off every single time. Neat. Uh, you can take it, but in my opinion, it's going to be either Divisionary Tactics or Show of Superiority. Um, I guess local meta-wise, if you have a lot of shooting, uh, Aura of Sterility isn't a bad choice. Uh, but in, if you're going GTs, you want all comers and stuff, the minus three charge is going to be your best friend. Uh, you want to... You you know, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no keep, going, keep going, sorry. And oh. let's, let's assume, by the way, let's assume, by the way, that that extra text is there, because I'm going to edit this straight in, and it's going to pretend that you look crazy, because it's going to be on the slide. Uh... <laughs> Thanks, Coach. I love it. Fantastic. Um, that's fine. We, uh, it, it, as OBR, using this, controlling the flow of battle and who charges into you and where is very important, because it allows you to focus your command points in a certain direction. So I've I've that minus three command has has been so helpful in denying charges to my opponents and one unit got through and I was able to butcher that unit and then go to my turn and counter charge into them and you know take the win from there. So it's a uh I hate to say auto take. I hate I hate nah. saying that. But it, it's, it's close it's very to strong. it. It's very, very strong very strong it, no look it's it is very strong because like you just think about what the corn demon prince used to do back in the day where you'd you know you'd have run and charge rolls it, it can deny someone's grand strategy where they go kill kill x or they, they have something that they need to and like you put it on a unit with a decent sized base and it's a big aura it's a really big aura oh yeah uh you combine that with uh when we get to our new spells the um anti-deep strike reserve spell and you can really control where your opponent can bring things in from and it's uh once you practice with it you'll 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 learn to love it it's great yeah i know show of superiority will probably need a slight faq or errata it seems like talking to the community people are unclear of how the sequence might operate like you know if i'm about to issue a command and then you force me to do two but if I like it just like the sequencing seems to get people off. So look to me, oh, I think it's kind I hundred percent, hundred percent agree with you. It definitely needs a at least a designer's note in there is yeah. what are this is what the stages are for this happening. That is simple as that and we are good to go. Correct. And the problem is it's because before you uh before your opponent issues the command, which is the I think the, the thing that needs a rattering, you're right. It, it's it's probably more of a designer's note than actually it's going to change. It's just rather a better explanation of how the sequence operates. Yeah. Because um, I feel like if they change it to where it's like, oh, no, you already you lose the point if you don't spend two now. It, I feel like it becomes a little too strong to be an always-on command. command yeah. 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 I mean, because it's... Uh, not a range because it's like just straight up if you're on the battlefield it happens unlike the cathlar where it's like pick a unit or if you're within 12 inches of it you've got to spend two on like that would kind yeah. of make sense like but 
uh, we'll, we'll keep an eye out and see if that language changes a little bit. I, I tend to agree, by the way, the minusing to the, the th minus three to the charge um, and that one are probably my, my two go-tos. What about your artifacts? Are you picking anything from this artifact table or are you going to more to your universal choices? Uh, I am, in every single one of my lists so far, it's been the Artisan's Key on a Bone Shaper. Uh, the ability to heal twice or heal two separate units is big. It's basically like getting another 120 point unit um, that for the healing ability. Uh, I have successfully used it to put two stalkers, two Immortus back into a unit in a turn, and it's 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 really nice. Um, the Oz Effector, the the, the Kartosh, it's it's all right, but it's only a nine inch. You have to be wholly within it, so you're not keeping that many units that close to him for, for it to be as useful as the Artisan's Key can be. Um, you're not really taking a Soul Reaper at less than a 1,000 points, and even then, it's the same cost as the Bone Shaper, so you're not taking it there. The Soul Mason's artifact is okay. I, your Soul Mason should never be in combat, so I... I don't really care for it myself. Um, the other four ones, however, if the next GHB goes to a Cav hero and we have to take a liege, the low the load of saturation for plus one ward, fantastic. Uh, Helm of tyranny so that they can't get inspiring presence and have to fail battle shock. He can clear out screens. He can he can do stuff like that. So it's really nice to be put on him. Um, the marrow pack and mind blade are all right. Um, the mind blade stops hero actions for the for the rest of the game. That's that's pretty nice. Um, if uh, or I mean, I guess if you if you manage to hit like three or four giants at the same time with it and shut off all their hero actions, that'd be pretty cool. But other than that, yeah. yeah. But what's what's the likelihood of you surviving after that? Like, yeah, <laughs> exactly sure. Like you shut off my monster. <laughs> like in theory, mind blade sounds really good. Like if you had like a vampire lord on zombie dragon style monster hero, yeah, mind blade would be great because you could survive the punch, go kill something, and then go carry on killing more. But when you think about your hero selections, putting mind blade on, I can't put it on catacross. Like, do I want to put it on a like a, a like there's a sacrificial liege like no you're not going to use it on any of our foot heroes uh, it's just not, yeah, like... it's 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 very themey it's really cool um uh, but it's just not it's in comparison to other stuff in our book it's just not it's not going to do the job you have better yeah i'm got i'm got on the leash i'm putting on the helm of tyranny instead of the mind blade like getting oh. in like yeah yeah that's uh, <laughs> no, we kind I'll of agree at and we will get we will get to the um the Gothasar uh, well the the Os Effector in a second because I do want to get your opinion. It's a brand new unit. I'd love to hear what you're thinking about it. So, All right. uh, stay tuned. We will get we will we'll bring that one up. But we're going to go through and power on before uh, before Nagash tells you that it's uh, time to return to Shaiish. <laughs> Talk to me you about your spells. I'm going to first say. You have a great spell law. When I look at this, I thought all six were sexy. My problem is, which ones do you pick first? And obviously the good news is that Arken the Black and the Bone Mason both know the entire spell yep. lore. Is it the Bone Mason? Soul Mason, yeah. He knows the entire Soul spell lore. Yep. Uh, he knows two. He can cast two spells, unbind two spells. He knows the entire spell lore. Um, he is... He's great. 
I don't know how often you'll take him at 160 points. Uh, but if you're if you're if you got that void to fill, he's a great unit. Um, and having access to the lore, the lore is fantastic. I love all of these spells. Um, I use pretty much all of them except for soul release. I use situationally, but I want to say almost all of these spells are used in every single one of my turns. So rank rank me your top. So especially like with Arcane the Black, you don't have to make this choice. But let's say I don't have Arcane. Let's say I have a bunch of like small wizards that um, mm-hmm. don't know the entire spell law. What are the ones that are the ones that you always choose as your first choices? Empower Nadrite weapons because there's you're gonna have a big block. You want to put that on five plus. It's an auto take. Um, in my opinion, it, I'm stuck between two. It's usually dependent on what I'm fa- I'm playing against, unless I'm you know I have an alchemist list. But uh, reinforced constructs. If you're playing a lot of mortal wounds, or you got a lot of mortal wounds in your local meta. Man, a four plus against mortal wounds is just awesome. Uh, but drain vitality, minus one save, minus one hit. You can't go wrong. It's basically like, like giving your unit another plus one rend. Um, it makes somebody have to spend uh for plus one save on a unit now that they have an auto minus one on there. So you don't have to worry about that. It's it's a very, very good technical spell. So I tend to run, if I'm not running Arkin, I'm running three casters, and those are the three spells I am taking. Protection of the Gash is obvious. It's a great little spell. Arkan has abused this for the end of days, and it, and it, it makes perfect sense. I love it. But I, I do want to talk about, by the way, Mortal Contract, I've had it someone cast it on me as a gargant player and it grinds my gears because they pick like one that shoots as well so i'm like shit do i not shoot do i just like ah so many my, models my favorite place to use it is on marathi because you're just getting those wounds you are just guaranteeing you're getting those wounds it's so annoying but i do want to ask you about the new spell soul release it's a brand new it wasn't on the old book and i think it is interesting but it is very situational. You take this to a tournament as one of your three choices. Let's say you don't have Arcane the Black, and you're probably not going to use it half the time. That's true. So it's a very situational spell. You're really looking for this on a unit that has the whole spell lore, so a Soul Mason or Arcan. Um, other than that, you're probably not taking it. It's too situational for anything else. If if you have a lot of Beast of Chaos players in your local meta, take it. Take it all day. It'll save your life. But other than that, um, no. It, it, it's for a somebody who knows the entire spell lore to, oh, hey, I need this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, like if you're going to your local game store and you've got this, like, really good Stormcast Eternals player and you want to beat that particular person, take Soul Release. If I'm going to a tournament and I want to do really well, it's not one of my spell choices unless, as we've talked about, I know the entire spell lore. And uh, there's a, I saw a thing for it. People, I, I want to see in the FAQ either a designer's note or just a clarification on whether Arkin's plus six inch spell range applies to the range on the spell. If it becomes an 18 inch bubble with him, or it stays a 12 inch bubble. So I think it's, I think it's 12 because I think it's, get, I think it's 12 too because it's, it becomes an aura is what it looks like to me. Correct. It does, yeah. But people are getting hung up because it says the range of this spell must be measured from the caster. And they're like, well, he includes the increases spell range. So I just want to see a designer's note that says either yes, it does, or no, it doesn't. That, that's yeah. all I want to see. So 
play it conservatively until yes. the FAQ. Don't don't Correct. be going around trying to convince people because you're only setting yourself up for failure. If the errata says yes, it does extend it, then you've gained an extra six inches. Yep, exactly right. What about your legion? So you've got six choices. Um, are all six of these uh, as consistently good or bad? Are there ones that stand out to you? Is it time for Null Myriad? I've been waiting for a day where Null Myriad is like the meta <laughs> choice. And look, look, I'm going to put it out there. If the next general's handbook is a magic focused one, we haven't had it yet. We've had monsters. We've had troops. We've had little idiot champions. True. All we got left is art artillery, magic, and uh, cavalry. Yeah. Yeah. So if we go into a magic meta and we've got Lumineth, we've got Seraphon, we've got Zeech, we've got a whole bunch of magic happening, maybe it's a time for Myriad. If all of those stars align, and that is the case, I 100% agree with you, Coach, and you will see me running Myriad. But at the point that we are now, no. The being holy within nine inches of a single... Uh, um, Mortison, Mortison. Is, 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 is rough as it is when you want things to run out uh, and go do stuff. It, it it seems nice, but if you're not facing heavy magic, you, you find a lot of the times that you're, you're just wasting. It's just not doing anything for you, and you feel bad for it. I hope! Listen, if it goes magic heavy, I'm right there with you, and you will see me running these spread throughout my army, and we will be 2-plus ignoring everything. But as of right now, in the, the meta that we're currently in, you're looking at Crematorians is is the number one pick I've seen for most people. Doing mortal wounds back to things is always good. Um, Petrifix Elite, minus one damage. You're basically a free ward save on our big things. Uh, I like to run that. I have a Catacross list that runs that and mostly Stalkers and Immortus and just takes advantage of it and is plus one save, plus one hit. Uh, Mortis Praetorians. This is if you want to run horses. Uh, I know people are gonna say Stellaric Lords. No, Stellaric Lords are if you're if you want to be steamy and you want to and you want to do that, that's perfectly fine. Uh, that's that's viable for you. If you it's want, pretty under it's pretty underwhelming. Like you look pretty at pretty underwhelming. Lords, yeah, it's, it's you're like you can reroll charges. You're like oh woo, metal. that's that's great. That's fantastic. You're not taking it. Uh, Mortis Praetorian, you're going to use that with a unit of, of horses, and you're going to ruin people's charges, throw mortal wounds out on people, and just be obnoxious. Um, mm. Ivory Host. I like Ivory Host, personally. Uh, a lot of the times, you find stuff attacking us. We're getting some damage here and there somewhere, and now you're getting two additional hits for every six, and suddenly Nadrite is really good. I love the fact that they included a designer's note on it, specifically for the spell. I wish they would do that more often with things that could be controversial. So, oh, they, 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 they've started they've, they've started doing it this year. Like when you look at Gloom Spike Gits, so you've looked at a couple of the books this year that have like these competing spiking off a spike. They have clarified and said no, it only works on the six. So yeah, keep it up, yeah, GW. I keep it up, uh, GW. I love that. Um, that that's pretty much that's pretty much where you're at. If you're if you're running competitive, most likely you'll see Crematorian Petrifix. There will be some people out there trying uh, the Mortis Praetorians out to try to detect the gold stuff. Um, if you want to have fun, run some Ivory Hosts. Throw some models out there. The paint scheme's pretty cool. Not gonna lie. So uh, I'd love to see an Ivory Host army out there. Um, 
Before we move on to the next the next one, I just want to get a really high level here. Talk to me about the archetype. You don't have to tell me like the in-depth version of it, but when I run, let's say, Staliac Lords, it already points me towards your Death Riders. Like, it's obvious. When you look at the others, let's say it's Mortis Praetorian, Petrifex Elite, does it focus you on one particular build, like let's say Mortec Guard, or do you find that it's robust enough where you could build around Stalkers and Mortis Guard? And obviously the same is true for all of the other sub-factions. So when you look at Mortis Praetorian, for example, is it fixed to one particular unit type? Um, I don't, it's not fixed to one particular unit type, but in this particular for their particular command ability uh it definitely it definitely helps the death raiders more than anything else you're not charging more often than not you're not charging extra more tech in against somebody or something like that you can you can but the the cav are going to give you the most bang for your buck on the ability with them being mortis petrifix elite same thing if you're running petrifix it's most likely because you're running the big guys you want to run lots of stalkers and mortis you might have a small unit of Mortec in there to grab an objective. Um, if you're running Crematorians, I like it. I'm running a 20-man with a Harvester behind it that's keeping them pumping out mortal wounds and putting models back into it. So uh, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, Ivory Host, though, um, I feel is kind of a sleeper. I feel people, you'll see more of it as it goes on because it does put out a lot of damage in the trials that I've ran with it. Um, but you, Dalek Lords really, like you said, it pushes you towards horses. Crematorians is going to push you towards running more tech. If I had to say, I would, I would, I would say more tech backed by harvesters in a crematorians focused list is is what it's pushing you towards. No myriad, you're going to take as many, not as many. You're going to take at least a minimum of four Mortison units to give you coverage enough for the, the nine inch bubbles. Um, whereas, you know, Ivory Host, you can run anything in it. You could just, you can throw pretty much anything in OBR into it. And as long as they take damage, they're going to benefit. It's a really nice build all. And I feel like you'll see that more going forward as the, as the lists go on. By the way, when I, when I asked Ross this question, it's obviously not, if you're running, I don't know, Mortec Guard in a, I don't know, Staliac Lord list, sure, you can do it. Like, if you've oh, got yeah. an idea, you can do it. It's just we're thinking about this from the most competitive point of view. How are you thinking about the list design? Uh, but hey, you do you run the list you want to run. That's just how if, we're currently thinking about it. If it makes you happy and you love playing it, 100%. Play it, your heart's out, have fun. You know, that's what it's all about. Uh, I'm, I'm purely talking from a competitive standpoint. That's it. Yeah. So y'all have fun out there, believe me. That's what we're here for. It's your hobby, which brings me to the Mortison, whose hobby seems to be giving off some pretty cool refined creations. You have a generic looking hero, right? Five, five inch, four up safe, uh, five wounds. Like what you're buying here is not the melee profile, not the, the, the generic profile. You are looking at a single cast wizard, which has uh, a spell, which is called empower ossification. And realistically, it's actually for the refined creations where basically you can pick a unit wholly within 12 inches, whether it's a Harvester, a Crawler, or a Morgast, and you can apply one of three effects, whether it's re Improve, Rend, uh, Ignore uh, the First Wound or Mortal Wound in each phase, or you can, um, with a Missile Weapon, being our um, 
catapult. You get two hits instead of one if you roll a six to hit. So talk to me about how you look at this. Is this a good unit? Is this one that you bring in only in particular builds? Um, do I have to take a crawler to maximize the Oss Effector? So the Oss Effector is... It suffers from the fact that it's at 120 points and it's at a very competitive price point for the other heroes in our, in our book. Um, its ability is nice if you're if you're running three units that can benefit from the spell. You just you're not going to get a lot of bang for your buck off sixes explode on a single catapult, realistically. Um, the accelerated calcification, first wound or mortal wound caused is ignored is okay um it's not bad to have but for 120 points i'd rather have a healing ability that's bringing me back models and such is my way of looking at it the ossified barbs plus one on the melee weapons um sounds great on morgast except that if you're taking morgast most likely you're taking harbingers they're dropping in and they're past the phase where you're going to use it so you have to wait a whole turn around before you're going to get to actually use the ability on them if they're in range it's hard to recommend at the price point if they dropped it 10 points it was 110 it could fill a niche i've a lot of times friend lists where i had 110 points left and i'm like man i would take him if i was i had 10 more points or if i had 10, he was 10 points less um he really requires you to take him in a list that's taking three units that are going to benefit from it's just not mm. worth it on a single unit. That That's my way of looking at it. He's not good in combat. You don't want him fighting things. Um, he'll die to concentrated shooting. So you're really paying 120 points for an ability that needs three other units to make it useful, in my opinion. Um, at 1,000 points... Maybe he's good. Maybe you take him and you're getting much more bang for your buck off the abilities. But at 2,000, I, I just I struggle to justify it. If you're running two crawlers, I could see, yeah, you're giving up empowered ossification. Um, you know, yeah, you can do three. But I don't know if I'm taking the Oss Effector and I have to take a Harvester, Crawlers, and Morgast. As you've said, the range is difficult. Uh, even if you use Tunnel Master in this current season, it's still going to be hard to pull off um like you have to you'd have to almost use like protection of nagash and set something up for the future the future turn just to be able to, to use refined creations the way you want to it's a um, lot of setup for a okay ability is the problem yeah, that, yeah. that's what it look if you could use on some of the other units, like again, your stalkers, your guard, your you know, those types of units, amazing. Oh, yeah. They just fo they're following them up the board. We got no problems. But with your Morgas, they're going fast. You've got your crawlers, which are going to be sitting at the back, and then you've got your Gothazar harvester following your Mortec guard. So you you got to choose where you want to go. Yeah, that, and it just it he he runs into the same problem that the Soul Reaper does. His points are just he's just in the wrong point. Right? That's what it is. It's, it's, if they made him a little bit cheaper, he'd be in a he'd be in his own bracket and he'd be fine. Yeah, yeah, I, I would tend to agree. Before we get into the grand strats and the battle tactics, let's quickly acknowledge the uh, the the War Scroll Battalion. Um, so match play people, you can use this at your next tournament. Uh, you've got to take um, a bunch of units. You've got your more tech. You've got to take more tech guards. You've got to so you've got to take units. I'll bring up the 
the facilitation notes that I, I used to have. Uh, I realized that they're not up here because the logos don't always. So you've got to have, what do you got to have? You've got to have um, one commander. You've got to have two units of troops that are not artillery leader or behemoth. You can take up to two artillery. You can take up two monsters that are not leaders. Uh, you can take two sub commanders with less than 10 wounds and you can take another up to three um, troops. So you've got a whole bunch of um, optional choices, but you're going to have to take at least one hero and well, one leader and two troop choices. Yep. Uh, the big thing to this is it is a one drop, but the caveat is that the employment each unit in the battalion must be set up within six inches of two or more units in the same battalion. So, so listen here. If you take this and you take more gas harbingers, you cannot deep strike them legally. Mm. Cannot in this battalion. Don't make that mistake. I did it. Don't do it. So, <laughs> um, it's uh, it's pretty funny. I, I like it. I've used it so far uh, a couple of times, uh, to fit two crawlers in and a harvester. It was a lot of points. Um, but it was pretty fun. I like the utility of it. Uh. A lot of the times, if you're not running a harvester and a catapult in your list, if you're only running one or the other, uh, you're better off taking the one draft battalion in the core because you don't have other restrictions. But other than that, it's a great, it's a great little one drop battalion. It's very themey for us. Um, I built a list where I take all of the silhouettes in there. Um, it's not good, but it's pretty neat. So <laughs> I look forward to running it sometime. <laughs> It, I think you've called that. A, it's probably. Yeah, I don't want to spend too much time on this one because, like, it's obvious, right? You had a one drop, but you are restricted to deploying within six inches of two other units. So, if you got deep striking and things like that, that obviously is annoying. It does force you to castle up to a degree because you've got to be close to each other. If you don't want the restriction and you don't, uh, and you have similar units that can go into battle regiment, then you probably you might be better off with battle reg. But it is more flexible. You can have more monsters, more artillery. Um, it's just that you got the restriction. Yeah, that's it. It's really good, though. I like it. It's much more useful than some of the other battle tomes that I look at, where I'm like, yeah, I'm never going to run that. Yeah, hundred percent. And the benefit, and the benefits better because, like, it's like you can have swift or you can have something. Like, no, I don't. I rarely remember about the command point coming from Warlord. Like, <laughs> go away, swift. Oh man. What about the Grand Strats? Uh, Grand Strats. Um, they're all right. They're, you very much have to build your army into completing them. Um, I'm personally taking take what's theirs from the core. But these book ones, if you, if you want to build into doing them, you can. They are kind of rough, though. Not going to lie. Why? Uh, why 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 would you choose to do a general's handbook and obviously every season's going to change so who knows what's coming in the next one but currently as we talk why are you going a general's handbook one over this um generally because the particular general's handbook one that i take i'm if i'm winning the game i'm completing it hands down there's there's no way around it um whereas compared excuse me to the compared to the grand strat the game they're very situational it all it takes to be denied uh for instance scales balance is your opponent going all right well i'm gonna shoot that unit and now you can't complete it because you're not at full models like at the end of the game it's very easy to lose stuff like that 
<sighs> but I have Ross, found Ross. Yeah. Ross, pretend that I was running a list that was heavily because I know you've got you really like your your mortis guard and your stalkers. So like, like let's pretend that I play uh, Mortec guard or let's say Death Riders. Let's say I played that type of list. Would would your p- opinion be the same? If you ran a Mortec Guard or Death Rider type of list, um, I guess I guess not so much. It because you're you're more focusing on those particular units, so you'll take a lot of them. You'll try to keep them as healed up as possible and stuff like that. It, it's it's you can you could totally take scales balance and make it work that way. It's and I've found now my, I think my opinion is changing on some of these after you know a bunch of games that I've played now in that I'm having a lot of stuff alive at the end of the battle that it's not missing models. So I guess I'm, I'm still looking at the grand strats from my first initial impression of seeing them. And after playing a few games, they're a bit easier. They're a bit easier to get now than I originally thought. It's hard for me to think outside of my particular box of how I build the army, I guess. And, and, and that's okay. And, and look, this book is literally two weeks old, right? So there's going to be testing and things. I guess when I, the reason I challenged you on that is because if I am running a, a Mortec Guard or a Kavalos list, the question is, can I keep a unit at full strength, essentially? Now, if you're someone who has one unit that sits in the backfield protecting your objectives and you can stop your opponent from shooting them off the board, and you can heal them up, this is an easy win. But if you're not running that type of unit or you've got all your, your blocks of Mortec are going in to, for the kill, yeah, it makes it hard. And I don't think there's a right answer just yet. And given that we've got a general's handbook probably in the next three months, yeah. what I don't want to tell people is like it's it's the, it's that one. And then let's say next book it's trash or maybe there's no grand strategies. Who knows? It's like, well, what do we do here? No, hundred percent, hundred percent. I agree with you, and that's why I'm glad you. I'm glad you challenged me on it and made me look at it again because I looked re. I relooked at it, and I was like, actually, now thinking back to my games, these were easily achievable if I decided. Well, besides Pride of Oasis, uh, trying to get four of our battle tactics done at the same time is very rough. Uh, you, each one requires a different force roll, and I know we're gonna get in those next. So. Of them, Pride of Oasis is probably the hardest to get. Um, text I think creation quest. and ter- I think creation and termination is one that I I I, be, I actually would be really curious to hear from you this one because how survivable are your mortisons? Because you've got to have more mortisons on the table than enemy heroes, and in some builds that can be really tough. It can be. I've seen people out there only running one mortison, and I don't I don't unless you're killing all of their heroes, I don't think you're going to achieve that. But for the most part, you're running two to three mortisons per list. So if you can get in there and, and you know, kill their heroes, which our stalkers ex- excel at a lot, I'll tell you right now, um, you can definitely get that. It's definitely achievable. Keeping them protected, uh, it's why I run blocks and mortis in my list, offloading the wounds off into them. Um, if you're not taking bodyguard units for your mortisons, though, I would not recommend it. It's um, they are light on wounds. They're only a four plus save. Um, like you said, this GHB is out, you know, here in a couple months, and that not being able to be shot might be gone. We might not have that no more. So it's 
we need to be prepared with how squishy our heroes are that we can lose them very easily to concentrated shooting. So uh, be careful in taking that if you're not taking bodyguard units for your So what, I, what I'm hearing is right now the General's Handbook has got good ones. You probably would go there. They're a little bit more restrictive. If you're running a very heavily Mortec Guard or Death Riders, that one might be achievable and not a bad option. If you're going to run the Creation and Termination, you want to run more than one Mortison, and you probably want to be running a bunch of units that can bodyguard and transfer wounds from the Mortison to another unit in order to keep that hero alive. But you wouldn't run just one because, yeah, my long strikes, if I just pop that, um, there goes your grand strategy. So having multiple options is going to be helpful. And then textbook conquest. Um, it sounds really easy because you're like, oh, if I'm winning, I, I should have all the all the objectives. And then you hit a five or six objective max. You know, we don't know how many objectives are on the next one's coming in this next one. And we don't usually have our units spread out like that to go grab all the objectives at once. So it's it's um, I just be careful with it, with with knowing how what you know what battle plans are being played and such. Then we go to the battle. Thank you, by the way. And again, I think a lot of testing and, you know, I think next next General's Handbook, hopefully we go back to, to a 12-month season. Things will settle and it will make a lot more sense. But right now we're on that weird middle point where, look, yeah. if, if I was you, I would be testing a whole bunch of these grand strategies. So when yep. we get to the General's Handbook, we know take what's theirs is easy. But what do I do in the news book? Um with your battle tactics, and I'm conscious of time, waiting for Nagash to return from the the, the temple, the pyramid. Um, not calling your wife Nagash, by the way, just the supreme overlord of the undead, and you uh, have to bow down. You're fine. Don't worry about it. It's okay. It's fine. She really good. <laughs> <laughs> what about oh, your battle okay. tactics? Without going through the individual battle tactics, mm -hmm. are there ones that you use often? Are there ones that... Um, because turn one is always a difficult one in this current battle season, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of people go to desecrate, which I hate burning in turn one. But do you have a good turn one battle tactic? And how do you look at these? Uh, again, at a very high level, we don't have to go to every single one in, in micro oh, yeah. analysis. Um, so looking at them, they really they're require your you to take certain war scrolls to achieve them at all. So... Um, uh, the easiest one to achieve out of all of these is going to be the one with the Capitalist Death Riders if you're taking them. Um, it's a gimme, pretty much, of a battle tactic. Uh, Sculptor's Entourage is one is one of my go-to ones. Uh, I have Immortus with Immortison all the time. They're running together outside of our territory. They like to go grab objectives. It's an easy one to take. Um, I have a Crawler in my army, usually. So Remorseless Bombardment is uh, possible to achieve. It's not easy, but it is possible to achieve. So it's one you want to look out for. Um, the other ones, though, you, you're taking two units of stalkers for one of them. Uh, usually you want to concentrate that into one unit. So I, it's not one that, um, I do that often or that, that in my practice has really helped. Uh, and then three units had models returned. If you're running lots of more tech, hey, this is the one for you. You can get this. Get them into combat. Put models back into them. Easily achievable. It's, it's almost a gimme. So... Uh, just depending on how you're building this army and what war scrolls you're taking, uh, what battle tactics you're going to get, 
The reason I say that the uh, Pride of Asia grand strategy is so hard is because she got to get four of these, so it takes four four scrolls and doing each one and making sure you get them all to achieve. It's, you can do it. And a, you can do it. Definitely. But a lot of them are very and, specific. Like you've got one tied to Death Riders, one tied to Mortis Guard, one tied to Mortison, one tied to Stalkers. So if you've got a blended force, yeah. But do you want to build a blended force just to do your four battle tactics? And I hate the idea of having to sacrifice your general's handbook ones and forcing you to do a, a forcing you then. Yeah. Yeah. yeah not for me. hundred percent. Before I move on to your list, is there anyone here that you would use in turn one? Oh, anyone I would use in turn one. Um, yeah. So depending on what map we have, I've used uh sculptor's entourage, uh, plus three movement on both of them and running them, or I've had used tunnel master effectively to run them and then teleport him next to him. So sculptor's entourage is definitely one you can take, uh, trample the defiant. I don't like to use in the first round unless I'm going second. Um, because then you can guarantee a charge. Otherwise you're kind of just throwing a unit of Kavalos out there and hoping they don't die. That's you don't want to give up 170 points that way. It's not a good good way to live. Uh, the other three, if you're taking two units of stalkers, you can potentially do it. Uh, we have enough movement that you could run uh, into I, close I enemy was, territory. I was thinking edge of obliteration, but do yeah. you want to? Do you want it, to? Like you can if you not if you usually. You can, you're you're, you probably you're don't usually want to. just you're hanging them out there to dry usually at that point. So either you're not you're hoping for a double turn to get them out of there or get them somewhere else, or you're hoping they don't die, and that's just not a good way to play. So um, if you're going all in though, and you got two units of six, hey man, go for it. That's a that's a large chunk to remove. So you, maybe you'll do it, but I would not recommend it myself. Um, yeah, at lower points, if you're doing it, yeah, you could possibly. That's that's a thing, but at, not at 2,000. Um, unfeeling recursion, unless they're, I could see you using it if you're running a lot of Mortec and you're placing a shooting army and they shoot up your Mortec a lot in the first turn, and you're like, all right, boom, boom, boom. I spent three command points to bring D3 units back to each one of these to get a command point, if they get a skip command trait. Um, you could definitely do it. it, it I'm sure. I feel though, it, like it's, it's situational. A very it's a situational, situational. Very command point costly. You're, you're min three command points to use it. So, but but burning three CP to get your battle tactic, if if that situation arises, makes perfect sense. Yes, exactly. So it's very situational, though. Keep that in mind. For yeah, everybody. yeah. If it happens, if. I can't hear you. I can I can hear you. I, might oh, be your headphones you playing up. You're back. You're back. I can hear you now. Yeah, I think it's your head. I think it, I think I think it's your headphones playing up. I can I can hear you the whole time. It's all okay. good. Stupid ass headphones. Um, what I was saying. Sorry. That's all good. You all can't have. We all can't have professional streaming con stuff like me. Um, but you've got you've given me a list. Um. And this is the list that you've been playing around with. And again, just to remind you, if you're catching this late, um, this is um, pre-FAQ and pre-FA -pre Rata. So points may change, rules may change. Um, we're playing currently as it stands. But what you've got for the people who can't see the visuals, we've got a crematorian sub-faction. Take what theirs is the grand strategy. 
and inspired as the Triumph. You've got Arken the Black, you've got the Mortison Bone Shaper, which is the general with diversionary tactics and the Artisan Key. You've also chosen the Drain Vitality spell. You've got the Mortison Bone Shaper with the Empower Natarite weapons. And in the current season, you get the aspect of the champion being Tunnel Master. You've got a Mortec Guard unit that's that's reinforced uh, once. That's once reinforced. Is that 20? Yep. Uh, one Mortec Guard unit of 20 yep. and then one Mortis Guard unit of 6. Cool. I could, I could, I'm like, surely Mortec Guard aren't 30 points. It's at 300 points. I'm like, that's, <laughs> no, it's a reinforced unit of Mortec Guard. Uh, you've got a unit of Mortis Guard, a unit of Stalkers. You've got a Gothazar Harvester and a Crawler. And you've taken the Bone Tide Shrieker Endless Spell, coming in at 1990, wrapped up in the Ossiat Cohort, your new War Scroll Battalion. So talk to me, what does this list do? How does it work? And why have you chosen what you've chosen? What are the combinations and the, and the synergies that I need to be aware of? All right, so I chose this. Arkin knows all the spells, obviously. We know he's a champ. He's got a big healing aura. Um, he's his his uh, glow up on his war scroll now is fantastic. Three up, fourteen wounds. He can actually get in and rumble with somebody and not just die. Um, he's our he's our our mortal wound generation and you know, buff spells, all that, all that. Uh, the bone shaper, bone shaper is another healer. Game artisan's key, so he's putting models back into units. We're running him behind the Immortus Garden unit, keeping them at full strength. Uh, the other one, we threw Tunnel Master on to out there grab an objective and stuff um empower nadrite weapons because usually i'm running the stalkers out after him since they it's a solo unit they can run and charge all over the place um i use them to go hunt down uh heroes or hunt down uh screen units or cav units stuff like that uh you've got him out throwing you know powered nadrite on them making them hit harder uh the mortec guard they are there to go take the center of the field or in a objective that i want and die do mortal wounds and come back that's their whole thing i want them exploding like little bombs and coming back to me uh immortus guard are tanking wounds for all my heroes there and then free faq right now they are beasts in combat combining with the harvester you're going to make something strikes last and then you're going to have your immortus guard swing twice at neg two two damage uh six of them's giving you 18 attacks uh, threes and threes, neg two, two damage. It's just awesome. Um, what's what's that... making what's making that? I I, I want to pause. I want to pause for a second on a mortis guard because I think they're the unit that's likely to get changed in some capacity. What makes them good? What's what could change? And if it did change, would you still run guard and or sorry, a mortis guard? Or what would you do if a change occurred? Um. So what makes him so good right now is the fact that you've got five wound bodies that are a three plus save, six up ward. Um, they have a decent attack profile. It's, to be honest, stalkers have a better attack profile, but Immortus guards swing twice. And they're so tanky that if you have something behind them that's constantly putting the models back into the unit, it's almost insurmountable without getting a double turn in your way or a large amount of mortal generation. Um, if I was going to see changes, I would probably see them go up 20 points to the same cost as Stalkers. That is the most likely change. Um, they have about the same amount. I would say the same amount of offensive output, 
but they have enough of offensive output combined with their defensive output that it justifies the point increase. Um, I would agree with you. I think I think the war scroll is fine. I think it's the yeah. points that would likely get adjusted if I was making a guess. So then maybe my question is, let's assume points went up. Let's say they were the same value as your stalkers. Adding 40 to the list makes this list go over 2K. What would you do? Uh, most likely I'm dropping the Shrieker, to be honest. That's, that's the easiest I thought way. you'd say that. I thought, I thought you'd that's say the that. Easiest, I thought that's you the would easiest say route that. out of this to do that. But saying I, I do like the Shrieker. I like it a lot. It, it uh, provides a lot of utility. Um, I've been I've been thinking about, honestly, dropping the Mortec Guard down to a 10-man, um, throwing this over into Ivory Host, and... Uh, making the points up somewhere else like that, you know, that'll that'll make up my 40, and then I can take another hero. I can probably drop the harvester at that point and just reinvest the points into either more stalkers or more immortus, or maybe even take a unit of cav. You know, Ooh, some death riders, some death riders. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, it gives you access to the battle tactic and. Um, that's that's if if I'm gonna lose stuff like that, then it, it if the points are gonna go up like that, it feels like a uh, a worthwhile changeover. To be honest, from what it is now. Yeah, uh, I I I would tend to agree because otherwise you're just gutting your list. You you know you you can't if you if you drop down the Mortec Guard. There's obviously other impacts that'll flow on from that. The Bone Tide Shrieker seems to be the most obvious initial one that you'd play around with. Should again the yeah. the points increase not that i think that anything's going to change like, i don't think the war scroll is going to get eroded i think it's the points the efficiency yeah i 100 agree i think the war scroll is fine for what it does um none of none of it feels too overbearing it just feels like they're a little too cheap for what they do is where we sit at so i would not be surprised to see them go up to the same points as stock in saying all of that, I play Gits and I love my squigs and I'm surprised they only went up 10 points. So maybe they won't change. Maybe GW is just going to close a blind eye, focus on 10th edition 40K and deal with it when the new general's handbook comes up and the points get readjusted. So maybe that, you, maybe there won't be any changes. That's what I'm, I'm kind of thinking is going to happen is the fact that we'll get our FAQ. They won't change points here, but the new GHB comes out in two months and we get our point changes come the new GHB. It's already at print. It's already ready. They're get, just getting it out, ready to ship out worldwide. So at this point, so uh, we'll we'll see when the GHB comes, or or if the FAQ drops and we have point increases. Yeah. So, uh, but I would expect it the GHB. I think when I look at this book, I'm I'm quite excited because uh, again, I'm, I'm excited as much as I can for an Ossiak Bone Reapers. It's not one of my favorite factions. I'm not playing it. But when I looked at the book, I'm like, yeah, there's a whole bunch of builds, right? I can do, I can do stalkers, I can do crawlers, I can do uh, the mortis guard, I can do mortic guard, I can do murder ponies, I can run uh, special K catacross, I could run Arcan, I can run them both, I can run them um, differently. But actually, I had one more thought um, before I uh, ask you for your final thoughts, and I should actually bring this back up. 
is Nagash. <laughs> I think I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about Nagash. The reason I say this is because when I look at Catacross, Catacross is incredible. Catacross was always incredible. It was that his abilities were too fixed to Mortis Praetorian. Now he is giving you, while he's still got the Mortis Praetorian keyword, he still benefits you a lot more now because his Warlord is unlocked. Um, so not a more, he's more beneficial outside of um, Mortis Praetorian is what I'm trying to say. But I want to go back to Nagash. Do you like Nagash? Would you run him in Ossiarch Bone Reapers? And if you did, what type of list would you run him in? Uh, and answer all those questions. Absolutely not. He, <laughs> I feel like. I, feel, <laughs> I, I knew, I knew, I knew my questions were going to be too long for your answer. I knew it was coming as a no. <laughs> I feel like they absolutely missed the mark with this four scroll again. Uh, I I don't know. Why? I feel like why? I, what, what? Why? What's happened? His points do not justify the ability. You 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 gave a saloon shrine ability on a 965 point model. That's on a free land piece for another army. We have to pay almost a thousand points for it. He's just not. You. So he's nine nine sixty five at the moment. You can't take anything else meaningful in an OBR list. With him, you're you're taking min units of Mortex at that point. Um, maybe a unit of Immortus to to offload some wounds from him into, but you're not going to get very much usage out of his abilities. Now, if you're playing at three thousand points, hey, take a two K list, throw a minute, and let him bring stuff back. That's pretty dope. But even then, you're you're still you're paying so many points for a unit that's just just not good they're, they're not there's i don't see anything redeeming on his war scroll that makes me go yeah 965 this justifies that that makes a lot of sense all right ross i want to i want to isolate the problem here nagash war scroll did it improve nagash's war scroll did it improve um yes yes it improved slightly Agreed. I agreed. I think you got a five-up ward finally, which has been the big bugbear. I think he's his war scroll improved. Just like just isolate the issue here. War scroll is a great war scroll. I actually really like the war scroll, and I would happily run Nagash as a war scroll. Yes. The correct. issue is that he's now gone from nine hundred points to nine sixty-five, and you weren't taking him at nine hundred points either. So the sixty-five points didn't make. Sense. So Ross, if he if Nagash went to 900 points, would you take Nagash in an Ossiak Bone Reapers? No. If Nagash went down to right around the Archeon level, I want to say, or the maybe maybe down towards like um, towards uh, Marathi 700, Alarios like 700. That's a, that's a little too cheap for what he does. I, I'd say probably more around like the 700, okay. 800 point area. He, you would realistically look at running him for for fun, and and stuff like that, and you could take some stuff in the list. But we are just too point intensive on our units to take a thousand point model. Is what it boils down to. You just can't find the points elsewhere to make up what you're losing, and it's sad. He's a cool model. I I actually love the look of Nagash's model. I think it's cool. Um, but I just couldn't do it. 
I couldn't do it. If you're doing something fun, like you were like, we're just running giant monsters or god models. Ooh, take him. Sounds fun, but not not in a competitive sense. What I'm hearing is that if you run Nagash and you love Nagash, like running him, he's a great war scroll. The problem is, is the the um the downstream effects is that by by putting one half of your army into one model, what do you run? And I guess for me, if I ran Nagash, I'm just running more tech guard. That's it. Like I'm running a bunch of more tech guard, and it was almost like what they did in Nighthorn back in the day, where it was like Nagash and Nighthorn. It was just like flooding the board with cheap chaff, um, clogging up the board, regenerating. That's really all you did. So if you want to do that, you absolutely can. Is it the most competitive and viable? Probably not. But I think we both agree that the points is too restrictive and it has to sit around the 800 mark, whether it's 780 to 940 somewhere. That is kind of the sweet spot where you'd actually consider him as a good choice. Yes. Yeah. Oh, definitely. If he was down around there, I would, I would, I would consider him more than he is now. But at the price point that he is, not in a competitive standpoint. For fun, definitely. Take him for fun. Love him. Great model. But in a competitive standpoint, not, not it's too many too many points, and, and you're already struggling with points. So my last question for you, given, uh, given, again, conscious of time, is what advice do you give me as a player? You are doing incredibly well in the competitive scene. You've done both tournaments you've got a massive amount of experience from your your time playing this faction what advice would you give me as a player who is either okay at this game and like wants to go four and one or wants to wants to really do well competitively how do i look at obr how do i play just give me like what final advice you give me uh and then we'll kind of wrap it up um if you want, if you wanted to go four and one stuff like that, what I want, or what I would tell you is, get the practice in. With with, how you want to build your list, F- figure out first, who who you like in this army, what what models speak out to you, and build your list around them, and then figure out, and plan your battle tactics out on how you're going to get those models to do them. Um, if you're taking one of our grand strats, make sure you focus on how you're going to achieve it with our unit. Um, and then be, be conscientious of the fact that our models are a premium. Our units are a premium. So you want to spend them appropriately. Just, uh, just like in the, in the real military, you don't, you don't want to spend lives unnecessarily. You get what I mean? And it's the greatest resource we have. So, if you're going to sacrifice a unit, make sure it's setting you up for later in the round to get back more than the points you're losing on that unit. It's it's very important to do that. If we can if you can learn to trade well above your points with this, you will do absolutely fine. Um and that's the biggest thing is learning where to trade your points. So get the practice in. And once you once you learn our little nuances, you will fall in love with this army. I promise. I think my final thing as well. So you're 100 percent correct because you don't have any allies. You can't. You don't have any cheap bodies, right? You don't have that unit. You can just throw away, screen, take objective early. Then the opponent charges you, and then you charge them back. 
your your bodies are elite and they are a premium. I think when I look at this particular book, I think resource management and understanding when to use your CP is going to be a real balance you'll need to focus on because as I said earlier, there's going to be there's going to be times where you're going to burn through your CPs and then you're going to wish that you had them later in the turn or you're going to hoard them to a point where you're going to have too many at the end and you've you've wasted your resources. So focusing and practicing on what gets you the biggest bang for buck in your list from the Ossiarch commands and the universal commands is going to be a delicate learning process for you. Mm-hmm. I would, I would also recommend to fellow OBR players, uh, try out stuff like math hammer and stuff and look at where you're better off using plus one ward or plus one save on each individual, because it's a big difference on something. Some things are just a wash and it's like, wow, I, I could have not done that and saved myself the point, and it wouldn't have changed anything. So just be mindful of those facts when you're spending your money. Um, uh, I, other than that, I wanted to say um, there is I, 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 uh, an interaction right now that I want people to be careful for and to look for in the FAQ. We have a warband, uh, Mir Kanan. Kanan, you know him. Uh, he has a weird interaction with Arkin right now, giving plus six inches to a spell that is debilitating for somebody. Um, there it is. He's pulling it up for you right now. It's a three-inch range, but the problem is Arkin makes it a nine-inch range. It leads to a very feel-bad moment when you're like, hey, that unit can't do anything. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see this get the uh, Volk Morton treatment on his spell, where the range cannot be modified in any way. So if you're using this right now, um, be be prepared for it to change because it's I I personally don't think it's going to stay around. It it's a very feel bad spell and it feels like it deserves the Volkmort treatment. To be honest. Yeah, r- rules is written. You can probably enjoy it for a couple of weeks. Rules is intended. Um, it doesn't feel like that's what they want you to do. So just that's why I say play always play conservatively because then if they rule it in your favor, you've only gained something. Uh, if they rule it against you, then the way you've been practicing and thinking about your army and building around certain tactics, you're back to square one. So that's how I always think. Like just play conservatively when it comes to your rules and um, you can never be disappointed. Um. Ross, any shout outs, any people you want to say thank you to or say good day? I know uh Bushy Bushy's been on you a little bit. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. Listen, I had a, a bunch of people that were like, I better get a shout out. All right. So uh Tyler Bushy, uh great guy, love him, my main guy there. Um he runs our events at one of our local stores. Uh he's fun to play against, he's a fun guy. If you don't know him, get to know him. Uh I also play with uh Marcella. Uh she's great. Marcella, hello. Um I Hope I pronounced her last name right. I sometimes get it wrong. Marcella's um, been on the channel many times. The 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 queen of daughters of Cain. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I I play against her a lot. Um, Sean Allen, great Stormcast player. I play against him all the time. Um, my buddy Ray, he plays Stormcast or not Stormcast. Um, Slaves of Darkness and Corn uh, a lot and Nurgle a lot. He's our he's our big chaos player. Um, Another buddy of ours, Mike Mullis. Uh, he runs Realmgate Rampage. Uh, he plays BOC. Um, 
there are so many people here. It's just, it's big. Oh, my my best friend here, uh, Joshua Keel, he runs all the Du Bois events. Um, he plays corn. He has helped me become the player I am through a lot of practice and a lot of time. So uh, shout out to him. And yeah, this is this has been great, Coach. Um, I'm sorry I had to cut our time a little bit short. No, no, I'm, I'm sure we'll get you back at some stage, given the FAQ and Aradas will come, you'll go to tournaments, we'll get some better experience. I'm going to ask you one final question. I'm going to be a little bit cheeky. One final question. Is there any armies in particular, let's say you're going to a tournament right now, is there any armies that you're concerned about or you think that you will have a bad time against? And would you have any advice? Like, we, 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 yeah, we've... Is it slaves? Is it beast of chaos? Is it like a magical supremacy? Are you worried about new Seraphon? Like, is there anything that kind of like is a, a yin to the yang to OBR? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, Zinch. Zinch is always a problem. A lot of mortal wounds, a lot of spells, a lot of shooting. Um, Lumineth. Lumineth are the yin to our yang, if you will. Uh, they have a spell that makes basically increases the cost of all your command abilities by one. So now you're spending two for everything. It is very rough on us. Uh, that combined with their mortal wound shooting is is very hard for us to counter. A doable, but hard to do. Um, those I'm looking at those. Uh, KO have a lot of shooting as well. Even though it's low rend, it's, it's a lot of quality shooting. Um, but if you're facing melee-centric armies, if you can outlast them, you'll win. That's that's where I look at it. Is, is is we are a very grindy army, and we we love to fight other melee armies. So look out for shooting and uh, spells, mortal wounds. The new Seraphin book, um, the previews look great. Um, I'm 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 looking forward to uh, hopefully getting a box myself because they look fun. Stuff. Starborn has a lot of mortal wound shooting. So then my, my last question for you, just to follow on from that is, I swear, this is like a, a tag on. Is, Keep going. She hasn't come in talked yet. a lot no. about range. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, like you've talked about range. Like range is your bugbear. So whether it's mortal wound range from the likes of Zinch, Lumineth, to shooting like KO, maybe Stormcast in particular builds, what can you do about it? Like, how do you defend against an army? Like, you're, let's say it's you and me. We're matched up. I'm across the table, and I'm the guru of Shufu. Uh, shout out to Jack re-rolling ones, the guru of shooting. If I've got a shooting-focused force, KO, Zinch, whatever, what are you, do, what are you doing against me? How do, you, how do you prepare and, like, go at me? Uh, keeping the heroes within range of the Immortus so that you're not picking them off. I am trying to deploy as much as I can in cover um to get get that sweet plus one save and i'm just hoping to weather the shot to be honest it, a lot of the times you can't hide from it because either they can teleport to be in range or they can they have enough movement they can be in range of you so you can't really hide you just you put yourself in a position where you're either getting plus one save or you're making them commit a unit to shoot at you that you can then get to in the next turn and get rid of it so that's that's where you're looking for your counterplay at. I for for the new KO, um, if you can get into melee with them, man, they will melt. They will melt. That's the hard part, though. And the 
if 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 trying to think here for for as far as Zinch goes a lot of the times you're not going to out magic them even if you're taking Arkin with you you're just kind of hoping to deny some spells and that you can weather the storm that's really all we can do and luckily they gave mm -hmm. us more healing so we can actually bring important models back now because before if anybody's played this army knows back in the bad times if you lost stalkers or you lost immortals they were gone so that was it they were just yeah. gone. You couldn't rally. You couldn't do nothing. Now, now you're, you know, now you have a chance to bring those models back and actually make a difference. So, um, just be careful. Be careful. Be mindful of the terrain. Be mindful of setup and knowing that you're going to get shot, and try to make them shoot at things you want them to shoot at. I guess is, is my way of saying it. I, Ross, correct me if I'm wrong. Would this now then mean that? Like being one drop is going to be great because especially right now where you have some armies building around the sharpshooter, so we know they're four drops. Some people going warlord to get the extra artifact. So being able to go one drop, whether it's Ossiarch uh, cohort or battle regiment, is going to mean that you'll have a better chance if you go up against these these ranged armies. You get to detect the turn of the battle, whether it is you give them first to waste around your shooting, or you advance up the board, cap some objectives, and then hope for the best um it, does this also make you think about the value of a crawler being able to extend your power to be able to shoot at some of these castle builds like like lumineth seraphon and um and zinch um, very much so and i guess as well maybe like the the bodyguarding stuff sorry just to just to finish off um the bodyguarding because you said like sniping off your heroes can suck but by having some units that bodyguard and absorb the wounds keeps those heroes around. It means those shooting armies can't snipe off your heroes early and you can then regenerate and do your thing and absorb it a bit better. Yeah. The, uh, the expansion of wounds and bringing back in mortis have made that, uh, almost necessary. I took, uh, one of my games against ogres. They shot 10 wounds into Arkin with two cannons and I offloaded it all into the mortis. Two died, and then it went to my turn. I brought both back. So it was just like, this is so much better than how it used to be with, with keeping our bodyguards. And it's, it's the crawler, for instance. The crawler is awesome. It allows you, definitely allows you to project your power. And with Rend on it now, you're no longer just, oh, well, I'm just going to take plus one save, and now, don't care, freeze. It's fine. Now you're making them actually have to take a save on it. and um while our our while our damage should go down i heard a lot of complaints about that you know it is it's just fights of doing business they gave us a lot of cool abilities for this for the catapult now so you know get used to using them they're awesome once you learn to use them properly they're actually better than flat five damage <laughs> so there's how that goes yeah um shoot I'll say one more. I'll, I'll say one more thing while you you think of any final thoughts. Don't be afraid to use uh, the finest hour in the first turn. Yeah. Like if your opponent is going to shoot you and you think that they can shoot you and they're going to go for like arcane the black or a, a particular linchpin in your army, it's built around. Use finest hour. Oh if, yeah. If that extra plus one save can keep you around a little longer, then like the last thing you want is that key hero sniped off the board. 
Oh, for sure. And for the for the you don't have to worry so much with OBR anymore. You can go first. It's fine. We are fine going first. Especially if you're taking Catacros. I'll tell you what. Go first. Pop his aura. Plus one hit. Plus one hit. And then let him come to you. It's great. It's it's fantastic, to be honest. If if next season doesn't require me to have an unnamed hero, I might just run the two named guys together in a list. Um, it's you're you're no longer stuck though. We can survive a double turn now if we plan accordingly. We used to not be that way. It used to be if you double turn OBR, man, we were gonna lose. This is terrible. Now you can you can you can survive one and still keep going, and it's. A big change. It's very nice uh, to be brought up to third edition standards for everybody else that finally. Um, the other thing is, don't be afraid to retreat more tech. I see too many people. Coach said earlier in the thing where they just want to sit there and they want to fight it out. I tell you what, retreat more tech, rally them in your opponent's turn or in your turn, and then heal them. It's great. Don't leave stuff that you don't need to lose in combat. Don't force combat that are unnecessary. It's not worth it. Not with how much our points cost. Don't do it no more. <laughs> yeah, I I retreat. I retreat as a Gargant player a lot, and it blows people away. They're like, oh, I thought you'd want to fight out of combat. I'm like, nope. My power comes from being on objectives, and that if that means retreating and being outside of three and healing up and holding the objective longer and making battle tactics harder for you, Retreat is always better than fight through. So um, I, I would pass on that same information to you. Like, yeah. For sure. For sure. I, uh, Whilst this has yeah. been awesome. Oh, no. I was just going to say, overall, everybody, I love the book. Um, I can't wait for our FAQ to get a couple of clarifications, but I look forward to the next couple of months and seeing how it goes. Guys, this is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, look, you're not squeak level broken uh, as a squeak player. I, I know it, <laughs> I get it. Uh, the Mortis Guard are, are, are too efficient, but I don't think a heavy nerf is coming. I think certainly some tweaks will need to happen. It's a good book. I think it's great. Um, it's not a 5-0 and o army. If you're going to get 5-0, and o, you've worked it, you've done well on the table, and you've been a very yeah. tactical genius. Not It's just too good for you. Ross, you've been incredible. Thank you for your early insights in this particular book. And the YouTube thing for me to do at this point is to tell you to leave a comment in the comment section. How are you thinking about your Ossiarch Bone Reapers? Are you putting Special K into an army? By the way, I agree with you. For 900 points for Nagash, I would probably take Arcan the Black and Catacross instead. Get oh, more man. wounds, more power, more benefits. That's that's the hard decision, I think. It's, it's, sorry, it's the easy decision that I would take those two special heroes over the Supreme Lord of the Undead. Yeah, and it kind of makes me feel bad. But, hey, you know what? Silver lining things, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> points points go down, the conversation continues. I think 800 points-ish, uh, yeah. the conversation continues, and uh, we start seeing some good Nagash builds. So... Ross, thank you so much for your time. Thank your partner for allowing us an extra half an hour. Even though I said hour of power, somehow my show is still 90 minutes. Thank you so much, <laughs> Ross. You are a legend. And um, say hello to the uh, the the East Coast for me. They are a good crew. Oh, yeah. Oh, one more thing, Coach. I forgot last time. 
You also interviewed right, my buddy right. Zach. My buddy Zach uh, on trees, Sylvanith. Uh, Zach McComb, great guy. Uh, uh, my fault, man. I totally forgot. I shout you out now, though. I got you, buddy. Bam. There you go. Far out. I, I, I interview all the people like I did. Bushy Bushy was like I did a, a winning his first tournament as a new player. Marcella, I think I've done like a, a bunch of them. Anyway, hope you enjoyed that show. Uh, leave me you know in the comments section what you're thinking, how you're building. Is there stuff that we didn't talk about? Like, and I know like Ross and I are not big fans of the Morgas, but is there something that we have missed in the Morgas that you're like, no, actually, you've missed this and this combines really nicely? Let me know in the comments. I'd always be curious to hear from you. Ross, thank you for thank thanks for your time. Thank your partner for her um her patience and uh, being an amazing person. Thank you. I will. I will. I promise. Thanks, Coach. Have a good one. <laughs> thanks, everyone. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for hanging around until the end. I hope you enjoyed that video and you walked away with a few new ideas. Now, if you did, I would love it if you press like on the video as well as left me a comment with your thoughts. The conversation will continue over on Discord, and the link is down below in the episode description. I also want to give a massive shout out to the AOS Coach patrons and YouTube members who are supporting the channel and the growth that you're seeing here. So cheers, you are all bloody legends. And until next time, don't roll a double one on a spell cast.